Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavey, Special Projects Counsel at the American Legion National Headquarters. And we're joined, as always, by our Minister of Defense, Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, and Ashley Garbolja Moldonado, who's really excelling at looking creepy here for some reason. I'm, I'm not sure what's job. going on. I'm um, you know, I gotta give the people what they want. You know, I know what was the reference Jeff's got like a whole other flavor. You... I'm trying to bring the complimentary flavor. Is is that oh, oh okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. oh. Jeff, no oh, yeah. come on man. <laughs> He's <laughs> like I can't I can't even say anything on the air. I got nothing I got nothing to say that will pass the censors. <laughs> Well, All right, so yes. today we have we have uh, some special guests. Uh, this will be the second time that we've uh, had some documentary people on. Yes. Um, today we're joined by Neil Shredetsky and Ethan Morse of Time to Kill Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I'm sorry if I butchered your last name there, Neil. It's, uh, it's not all that easy. Uh, Ethan grew up in uh, upstate New York, and Neil uh, grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and the two of them met. Uh, as fate would have it, in the spring of 2004 after they arrived at their new unit, which is the Old Guard, the 3rd Infantry uh, of the United States Army, which most people know is where the, uh, the it's called the Old Guard, and they do the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and they do a lot of other things. And they both served as in the same squad as casket bearers in Delta Company of the 3rd Infantry Regiment. So this is now their, uh, they did one documentary on the uh, Tomb of the Unknowns that uh, that did quite well and won some awards, and you'll hear them talk about that. But now they're back with a four-time, uh, four-part rather documentary about life in the Old Guard, the Third Infantry, and it focuses on not just the the Tomb Guards themselves, but also the Caisson Platoon and some of the other specialty platoons. So we're excited to have them uh, join us today, and we'll get back with them right after this quick commercial break. Did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip? Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's Bookazine, Indivisible, the Story of Our Flag, available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. And now we are joined by Neil... I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, but Shrodetsky, is that correct? You got it. All right. And Ethan Morse of Time to Kill Productions. Um, we just had a little intro for you guys, and I did not read the full bio because, partially, you guys have a great bio to begin with. It's it's very, Small but it's also super long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to give you a lot of content. You could just chop it right down to Ethan and Neil. <laughs> yeah, content we got. I was like. All right, but let's uh, let's start. You guys uh, served in the third ID together, and I assume both of you were eleven Bravos Infantry. Yes, there he is. So both Airborne the... Infantry, um, eleven Bravos, one Papas Airborne, but um, Leg Unit with the third ID. Yeah, now, 
not to be confused with the third, um, the big okay. yeah. three ID. Right. So it's the third third infantry regiment. I don't think third ID even exists anymore. Didn't they do away with it? I don't know. I've... It used to be down in Savannah, Georgia, I think, and I think it, uh, I think it got rolled into somebody. But uh, Ethan, let's start with you. How did you first of all? How, what was your path? I know you grow up, grew up in Phoenix, mm -hmm. and you ended up in the third ID, and now you're making documentaries, but. Tell us a little bit about your own personal story arc, if you will. Yep, I certainly will. Um, it was actually Neil who um, grew up in Phoenix. I grew up in northern oh. New York, upstate. Um, we are basically the same side of the, uh, or you know, the uh, different side of a, the same coin. So we um, often get confused. But um, I grew up in upstate New York, above Fort Drum, um, and um, yeah, joined the army to get away from that area of the of the country, and um, I ended up joining up after 9-11 and uh thought maybe i would want to go to the old guard um the third infantry regiment asked my recruiter he said there's no way we recruit there and i said that's fine i just want to be an infantry airborne guy and send me to iraq or afghanistan that was 2003 um from fort benning georgia i ended up getting recruited to go to the old guard i still didn't really know what it was i asked them hey can i go to the tomb of the unknown soldier um that recruiter said i doubt you have what it takes to be a tomb guard um, and I said, well, that's fine. I'll go anyways. That's where then I got assigned to a casket team where I met Neil. And um, then I'll kind of let him pick up with his journey to get us there where we met up. Yeah, so I kind of the same path. I was getting out of high school in Arizona. I grew up in Arizona and uh, looking for a way to pay for college. And the recruiter spotted me on career day. And um that that ended up being the path I took and in basic training. I actually had one of my close friends at the time. His dad served at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So he gave us these pamphlets to look at. And there were these old 80s style with the illustrations and the different um, the different platoons in the old guard. So that was kind of the first real spark. And then when I was in uh, uh, 30th AG, we got the opportunity to go. And I was actually at basic training with that guy's two sons because we all went together as a group. And so I was the only one that was called selected. So it was also like, a, you know, to my peers, I was like, I, I'm going to go because his dad was always really big on it. So got the basic training and went to the old guard. And uh, I think I was there for about a year before Ethan arrived. And I was uh, kind of making my way through the casket platoon uh, up to full honors. And uh, he came in. Here's this fresh guy from New York who was older than I was, but he had just he had never had a beer, never, uh, you know been with any women and he was just here's the here he is in this infantry group so we were kind of like you know all right we got to show him the ropes but it was great it was good to meet him and we had similar backgrounds in the sense that we we're both homeschooled up until at least high school i think so we clicked and looked out for each other 30th ag is they uh i i know when i went through sand hill 30th ag they they said, all right, everybody who's over six one, take a step forward, and we all took a step forward, and they're like, have you heard about? And I was like, oh no 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 no, <laughs> take a step back. I was like, not oh, nice. doing it, not doing it, not. It's like I can't even drink coffee without spilling it everywhere. I knew old guard was not going to be my, you know, my bailiwick. So now you guys uh, have already done one documentary that I had the pleasure of watching this morning, actually, oh, and wow. uh, it it. it it looks like one of the big things, it was like, what would they say on, was it Delta Airlines flights or somebody else picked it up? Yep, that was, um, uh, we had a nine-month exclusive on Delta for um, in-flight entertainment. That um, documentary, The Unknowns, came out in theaters. 
Um, we ended up winning Amsterdam Film Festival, the Van Gogh Award for Best Documentary in 2017, thanks to Neil Law's um, directing style. And that led to then this new series coming out Christmas Day, where we kind of went back and expanded on the old guard. Um, and now we have an episode, it's called Honor Guard, that's narrated by Academy Award nominee Sam Elliott. And um, it's got four episodes. First one's about the history of the regiment, which goes through kind of what you're talking about with the, like, holding your coffee. Um, yeah. We follow a young soldier who just gets there and he has to learn to stand at attention for an hour and like 25 minutes and so. And, um, and he talks about the fact like, hey, just try to turn off the Game Boy, you know, try not to drink coffee or whatever and go stand in, you know, the corner and look at the wall for an hour. Um, it's mind numbing. And then we have an episode about the caisson, which is the horses, the episode with the U.S. Army drill team, and then an episode with full honors, the casket, um, which is, of course, where Neil and I started um, with caskets. I never did full honors. He did almost 1,200 burials. Yeah, in wow. the uh, before I hand it over to Jeff, but I had the very first thing I looked up was to see if the caisson platoon got some love because those guys are <laughs> those guys are great. Uh, and uh, isn't it amazing? Yeah, the Legion actually part of some of the things I had done earlier was we got those guys uh, donations from Carhartt so that they could use them really? in the stables and everything. And then we actually helped. Uh, they didn't have their own challenge coin for the caisson at one point. So we got no some really nice caisson coins made up. So I'm a big fan of the caisson guys and uh, I'm glad to see they got, they got a little bit of love. So, all right, Jeff, <laughs> this is actually up, the buddy. first episode. I think, I think you mentioned, but yeah. Kason's number one in this Kason's series. number first one? Yep. Good. Okay. We, we like those guys. All right, Jeff. So I was going to, well, I was going to, first I was going to compliment Ethan on his hair. That's, I don't know how he did that, but it's amazing. And my second observation was your recruiters, I, I need to cross-reference the names because they sound like my high school guidance counselors. You don't have what it takes to do it. You'll never be anything. But, uh, which, you know, it kind of sucks, but it motivated you to do big things. Now, you guys kind of left out one of the most impressive pieces in your bio is that you're both American Legion members at the greatest post in all the land, Hollywood the Post 43. <laughs> I, uh, and then I was going to point out, you, you, I don't know, when I first joined the post, I saw the unknowns in the cabaret room and i was brand new and you guys were there doing a q a and i was like oh these guys are like these guys are like big stars and then i watched the i watched the documentary and then i see you got you guys were just like normal dude like i expected you to be in impeccable suits that uh, a dry cleaner couldn't press well enough for you but you guys are just normal casual dudes so it was dressed down cool. yeah <laughs> and one of the things i remember in the q a was you talked about um, how difficult it was to gain that access, e even though you were insiders, to be able to film that. Can you talk about how you got that access, why it, it's so difficult to get, and, and and just go from there, I guess? Yeah, yeah with, with uh, the uh, unknowns, it ended up taking, uh, once we first had the idea that we wanted to do it, we were kind of the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier had reached out to us to do a bio on our uh, squad leader who got killed in Afghanistan, Sergeant Dickmeyer, Adam Dickmeyer. And uh, that ended up ballooning into the idea of making a feature around uh, the unknowns, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier training. So to get access, I just called the person that um, was going to present the idea at the board at the regiment over and over and over every Monday until he realized I wasn't going to stop 
So I think like two, three months into it, he was like, okay, I'll bring it up at the next board meeting. And then that took another month of calls and then eventually it got through. Um, and, and you likely know the, the military has to protect its image, especially in terms of media. And so I feel like there was a lot of concerns uh, surrounding the, you know, the whole intention of the project to make sure that we were going to present the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in the best light. And we went through some sort of uh, events that were, you know, controlled training and, and extra hard discipline, stuff you wouldn't necessarily see in other platoons. Um, and so they wanted to make sure that that was reflected properly and not uh, and not blown out of proportion and, and made into something that it wasn't. So after the unknowns came out, we were allowed more access because it was like, okay, these guys at the very least respected the traditions and were trying to showcase the training and really uh, speak to honoring the unknown soldiers and not just making a hype piece about the crazy training that goes on there, which we certainly could have focused on. So moving into this project, uh, the unknowns was originally actually, we were going to make it a couple episodes long, but we just had a super ultra low uh, budget. So, you know, basically film uh, student filmmakers. Uh, so the fact that we got it finished was a win for us. And then we raised a, a larger budget for this one. So we expanded to four episodes um, and the editing portion took the longest, but for, for access, uh, the army was a lot more willing to let me just go do what I needed to do because I kind of had the unknowns as a calling card to point to in terms of respect for the unit. So nobody really, I mean, but we did have uh, some issues getting into Arlington National Cemetery and filming there because I think I put a GoPro up at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier a couple days in and it stepped on some wrong toes and people were like, no, they actually created a new mandate, no GoPros in Arlington because of that, <laughs> that movie. It was, it was cleared through the army, but not through Arlington National Cemetery and there's conflict there. So whatever it was, it's still, you're still treading on thin ice. So you gotta be careful there. There's a lot of units in MDW. Yeah. And I wanted to also mention, you know, Neil's tenaciousness is what got through all that paperwork, but it is like threefold. There's OCPA LA. It's the office of the public affairs out here in Los Angeles. They have to sign off on it. The unit that you're filming has to sign off on it. And that helped because we were from the old guard and I'm a badge holder and Neil's done over 1200 burials. And so the old guard public affairs office um, would say like, yeah, it's okay for these guys to come film. And then Arlington also had to say it's okay. So there's like almost three layers, three different entities. And then OCPA LA kind of recommends to the Pentagon. Hey, the unit wants to be filmed. Arlington's okay. Then the Pentagon signs off. And then it's, it's kind of like three layers of um, poly bureaucratic red tape that Neil had to swim through. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the bureaucratic access. But once you guys are in there, how is interacting just, with those people? Oh, did did they just instantly accept and open up? And well, being there uh, for this series was pretty incredible because, at the very least, I had something to point to with the unknowns. I wasn't just the first time with the unknowns. They were kind of like, at first, they were really restrictive in what we could film, and then after we were there for a couple of days, they just let us go, which was awesome. And they were like, just turning a blind eye. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. You're, you're just staying here for the day. And then we'd go roamed all over Arlington and shot what we needed. But for this one, Arlington was essentially completely closed off except for escort. And in the platoons themselves, um, I just kind of, I forget the term for it, but I just kind of inserted myself into them. And Embedded. I was just the guy there with the camera there. And they, yep. at the time they were assuming we were going to get some sort of Netflix deal. So they called me the Netflix guy and I ran around and I just picked up stuff. But there's still friction there between the different platoons because the chain of command, for example, you could be filming one platoon that wasn't ready for you to film. And all of a sudden, like, what's the guy with the camera? And you get that chain of command coming up to you and saying, uh, you know, some of them thought I was combat camera. So 
it was really just me wearing dark clothes like I do and kind of sneaking in and out the back and getting the shots I needed and trying not to ruffle any feathers. And, and being stationed there, Neil knew like, oh, hey, basic horsemanship class is starting what day? You know, and the questions that the average, you know, film crew might not know. And then you filmed, I think, for five months from August 2018 all the way till um, almost Christmas 2018. And just they just got worn down by seeing them every day. And then oddly enough, three soldiers that we interviewed had joined the army and gone to the old guard because of the unknowns. So then they were even excited. So they definitely had seen that. And, the, you know, they were, oh, man, the, these are the creators of, you know, the unknowns. Cool. You know, um, and then having somebody like Sam Elliott as our narrator helped them all open their doors too. But oddly enough, some soldiers did have, they do have the right to say, I don't really want to be featured. They, they couldn't say they couldn't be filmed um, because they're <laughs> government property, which is great. Um, but they could say, Hey, I don't want to be interviewed. They didn't have to talk to us. So right. um, and a couple, couple of them, even yeah, in the episodes, you'll see a couple of them started off and it kind of feels a little dispersed because some of the, individuals that we started to follow ended up not feeling comfortable around the camera. Um, and so they opted out. And um, of course I want people to feel comfortable being filmed. So some people are really comfortable in front of, and confident in front of the camera, but um, yeah, that was an issue too is, but, but really the PAO, uh, his name was major Von jet, Stephen Von jet. He gave me a huge access roster to all the training and all where the platoons would be. And he helped me coordinate uh, some of the logistical technicalities of getting on set and getting the shots I needed. So he, I mean, Definitely didn't do it alone in that sense. I was in contact with him every day. Awesome. All right, Ashley, you are up. So I have a question for, for both of you. And obviously working together um, as a vet myself, I, I did military police work for eight years. Like when you are with your battles, like it is a, you learn a lot about each other, right? And I wanted to know, how this experience has has brought you together initially yeah, right no, and then sure. like how you've grown <laughs> and <laughs> you know like i just i think it's so fascinating that you two different backgrounds you you find each other there's common ground obviously like the cloth of our nation brings us together and then mm -hmm. you're in this very niched you know job Right. And it's different because, you know, I know a lot of folks will always just kind of blanket and they'll just see like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Like they don't see a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. And I was hoping that you guys could kind of with both of your experiences in mind, kind of share a little bit about that. Kind of like the insider version of of one from your experience as a service member. And then on the flip side, like how that was then filming that experience and how that kind of. Um, attributed to like your perspective and how you wanted to capture uh, everything in this film. Mm -hmm. um, when we, we, we met in 2004 um, with the caskets, um, did caskets for about a year or so together. Then I went and volunteered at the tomb. Um, Neil and I were roommates then off post at the time we got our own apartment. So we were definitely clicking, but then at the tomb, I was just working there around the clock. And I, like, even though we were roommates for 18 months, barely saw each other, um, Neil would come home and I would just be shining my shoes or whatever. And he'd be, Hey, you want to hang out with the guys or whatever? And I'd be like, no, I got to work at 3am at the tomb, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, after that, I got out actually a year before Neil, I did a three-year enlistment, Neil did like four and I 
hey, let's go to film school. And Neil filmed my last walk at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So we have footage of him saying like, hey, this is the first of many Ethan Morris, Neil Shredetsky productions, you know. So that was that seed was already planted and we both knew we were going to film school, which in the army, if you say you have goals outside of the army, you're usually looked down upon and sneered at. <laughs> so they were like, whatever, you guys are going out to L.A., losers, you know. And the, we were like, no, we're going to do it. So I came out here um, and went to film school. Neil went to, back to Phoenix, the ASU to film school. And then um, Neil was in a horrible motorcycle accident that like the couple days before he graduated. And when he like woke up, he realized like, oh, man, we got to like tell a story that matters, you know. And the biggest thing we've done was serve at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So during his rehabilitation, we planned and did the pre-pro for um the the unknowns that's when neil was calling their the pao every single freaking week and then um we finally then went and filmed it well it was a three-week shoot and as a tomb guard um being back there and you know my, my sergeant was killed in 2010 we are now filming in 2012 i was actually quite emotional and angry because like i knew physically i couldn't even do that job anymore so like i'm seeing younger stronger amazing soldiers do what i poured 18 months of my life into and um i was i was really like overcome with emotions with that um neil then was able to just film everything and capture everything that we needed and i was kind of like becoming friends with all the tomb guards because they were a different generation it was now um almost nine years after i had served there so i was able to then you know hey you're a senior badge holder at the tomb so that means something so they kind of welcomed us in and then once after about a week or two we were just family and you know and neil's infantry too they started you know and neil served at the tomb as well so you know all of us had lived it and then being able to capture it was just surreal and then now with honor guard we feel like we are able to dig in even more um and that's what i'll let neil kind of tell about his side of the story with kind of getting to there and everything yeah i mean the, at the beginning what brought us together was besides the fact that we were in the same unit in the same squad you know <laughs> trying to survive the same exact daily circumstances was that we both loved movies and so a couple of our friends uh, you know, we uh, would all go to their rooms during the breaks and during weekends, and we'd watch these classic sets of movies like The Godfather, and DVD was real hot back then, so we were getting the new DVDs and, you know, popping them in and watching them all. Yeah, we're like, oh, man, 16 by 9, this is great. And so, uh, so that was where we really started to come together, and then we were super uh, clean together, you know, like we're both really very high standards and rigid in that sense, so that ended up making us roommates and we had moved off together. We we're comfortable living together. Ethan went down to the tomb because of that. After the military, um, we both went and did our school respectfully and came back, like you mentioned. But um, what has kept us together is really this idea that we can figure out the entire movie business if we just keep working at it. And sort of the same things that were ingrained in us in the military, which is this is just a system of systems and there are people here. Uh, that you can use and resource to achieve your goals and, and just really trying to understand the hierarchies has been something that's been really fascinating out here. So that's kept us together during all these projects. And also we have sort of uh, different respective um, responsibilities in terms of uh, what we bring to the table for the, for the production and whatever we make. Um, but in also answering the second half of that question, in returning to film the Honor Guard series, 
it was ridiculous how many of the people that were being filmed just kept asking me like, why are you filming us? You know, like they don't even get it, which is, which is partially the reason that we did this whole thing in the first time, uh, first place, which is when I was going through college at Arizona state, a lot, I, I was a couple years older than the kids that were starting. Uh, Cause I'd been to the army and most of them had asked what the tomb, the unknown soldier was after I told them what I did and they just had no idea. And so same sort of feeling when I returned in the last couple of years, I was shocked that even in 20, you know, 18, when I started this thing, honor guard, so many, so few people had heard of the drill team and full honors uh, funeral ceremonies. And it was just something that we lived and we felt like we could authentically present. So that's really what, uh, what has kept us on this path. And, and the future, obviously we're uh, doing some work with American Legion and uh, working on some other projects with them, but we want to continue sort of exposing the veteran community to uh, the mainstream media community and just showing how many people are involved in all the great things they're doing all the time. It's really positive. Oh, that's awesome. If, if I could. So it's going to be broken up into four parts. And I know that you've kind of hit on some of these niches, right? So like folks understand um, what it is, right? So um, you have to correct me because like I myself, despite, you know, being to Arlington National Cemetery, have been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think there's a lot of people in the public don't realize all of the the components that go into that and like how regimented, how how frequent, like, you know, folks come in when it's like to be on a casket team. Could you kind of explain between the both of you, um, you know, each four, like the different sections of the film and what they what present and kind of explain that to the audience so they have some general understanding of the different components? Absolutely. Yeah. The first, so to begin, we started with Quezon, um, and just as a quick interlude between making the unknowns and getting honor guard launched, we had worked with honor flight, which is a organization that take. Yeah. And so they're great. And they take just for people who don't know, they take uh, elderly vets back to Washington DC to visit the monuments, probably not so much this year uh, due to COVID, but um, that is their mission. So we filmed with them and uh, we got, we call it, I call it trigger time, getting behind the camera. So I got another couple of years of trigger time in. Then I went back to uh, to film Honor Guard, and we had initially started out with just Quezon. Uh, and so I had written this entire script because so many people had mentioned how much they love horses. We're trying to increase a little bit of the brand appeal and trying to get more people to watch it that might not even care about military. So that was our original target. And then after I wrote the script, it was like 30, 32 pages. And I was like, this is super light. We're not going to really – I mean, like I can make a script, but I mean, I can make a, a film off this. But I thought, like, I've already done a feature documentary – and we need to shoot for hire. So everybody was dropping four part, five part series uh, during through different streaming channels at the time. So I thought, you know what, we can, we have the drill team. We're not going to redo the tomb, but we've got case on. So we started coming up with other ideas of what we could film while we're there. And then just trying to create this massive plan that was too big to sort of um, to say, oh no, you guys can't knock that out. But it was definitely a challenge. So case on was first because of just their amazing mission of carrying <clears throat> the veterans in the full honors funeral. And just the 10 week training cycle is something that I knew I could squeeze that into an hour somehow, even though we had to leave out so much. So there's plenty of stuff to film. As long as I could film portions of that 10 weeks, I'd have more than enough story. Um, and so that was the easy first target. The second one, which was the last, ended up being the second episode was the regiment because, okay, so the case on is part of the third infantry regiment in the old guard in DC, but what is that? And so we decided like, Let's follow the training of somebody who has just arrived to give somebody uh, who doesn't know anything about the old guard a little bit of firsthand experience. And at the same time, 
we I wove four uh, threads throughout the whole each episode, which is you have the family, you have the actual training cycle that's going on, you have the mission that they uh, that they undertake, and you have the history of each unit. So I tried to when one fell short, I could fill in the other categories. So for the regiment, obviously it's a lot of history because it's about the third infantry, and we're connected to some of the first soldiers in America. Drill team is fascinating. You can point a camera at those guys and they just do their thing. It's impressive. Uh, but there's some cool history. And they'll there. tell you. <laughs> and they'll tell <laughs> you they're impressive. How, how often? <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. Yeah, they, they love me on camera. And uh, um, so, so that was also the same four things, you know, the family, the history, the mission, and uh, the training itself. And so drill team was because technically there's only the, uh, the three specialty platoons in the old guard, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the Quezon, and the drill team. Full honors is part of the regular primary duty and the regiment rope uh, regimental orientation program is just what every soldier has to go through when they arrive there. So those are the kind of uh, episodes that we added on to this completed set of now having uh, chronicled these three specialty platoons that are completely unique to the army as a whole. Um, so these other two things were, were kind of filling out to make it uh, to where the trip itself was worth everybody's attention and involvement because to say, Oh, we're doing two parts. Didn't make sense. So those are the four episodes. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Neil and Ethan. Did you know the American Legion magazine is the most frequently read periodical in the nation? True story. Find out why by joining today at legion.org forward slash join. All right, we're back with Ethan and Neil talking about their documentary, which is come. When's it coming out? It's good. Christmas Christmas Day, Day on Amazon. Christmas and Day, and then shortly on thereafter, it'll, it'll also be on Apple TV, Google Play, Tubi, and a bunch of other streaming services as well in January. Now, I did want to, you know, you were saying that most a lot of people don't understand what tomb guards do, and my National Guard unit actually turned out to be like the graveyard for old guard guys. So we would get all of them coming through, you know, they're like, oh, I'm out of the old guard. Now you're you're in the National Guard. It's like, dude, chill out. All right. This is this is not the same thing. So I actually have a pretty decent idea what y'all do. And I've been to numerous funerals and I've seen the what is it called? The Spirit of America or whatever, where the guys run around in costumes. But can you talk (laughs) about all the you know, you talked about the specialty platoons, but can you talk about all the things you do? Because you guys also like escort the president for inaugurations and stuff, if I recall correctly. Talk to us a little about what the old guard writ whole does. Yeah. Yeah. There's the spirit of America, Twilight Tattoo. They kind of change and rebrand it throughout the, the time. Um, usually that Twilight Tattoo will be like Wednesday nights down in the, the capital region. So we'd all get on buses and go down. And it's just a huge military pomp and circumstance. The drill team would be there, firing party. There'd be reenact. I mean, soldiers, but they're dressed up in Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, all of these things. And they just walk the country through the history of our nation, basically. And it's very patriotic, intermixed with the U.S. Army Band, the Fife and Drum Corps. And um, it was just literally, you know, a show to f- promote Americanism, which is great because, of course, um, that's what the American Legion always does as well, um, promoting Americanism throughout our, our community and nation. Well, then another thing that like the old guard does that people don't, you know, kind of realize is when you say the escort of the president, 
um, I would do like flag ceremonies where you're just holding a flag and an arrival ceremony at the president. If any foreign dignitary um, of, you know, prime minister or president of um, the prime minister of Australia, I once did one, um, as well as the um, president of China, when they would come through to the White House, there would be a great welcoming ceremony. So when we were there, it was George um, W. Bush. He welcomed the, the um, president of China. It was hilarious to be holding a flag like right behind the stand. And, the, you know, the, the President Bush was like, you know, from the world's greatest, you know, superpower, the United States of America, we welcome you to our country, you know. And then the president of China is like, you know, from our four billion, or, you know, 1.5 billion people, I say thank you. You know, both of them definitely letting each other know, like, hey, look, I'm a superpower, too, you know. <laughs> so you're just sitting there holding a flag thinking, like, this is history. Yeah. So one thing and I wanted to mention is um, we also as casket bearers would welcome um, fallen coming back from Iraq. So we'd fly in helicopters up to Dover. And because we had experienced that, um, Neil was able to work with the PAO to film and catalog that. So there's so many things that you do that people don't even know. Um, and last but not least, I didn't want to take up all the, the answer, but um, Neil and I, we shoveled snow for the inauguration of 2000, I think it was four, you know, just random so that people's toes wouldn't get cold on the snow. So we're not just, you know, that's what the old guard does is serve the national capital region of the military district of Washington, you know? Yeah. Well, coming from upstate New York, you were well-versed in snow shoveling. <laughs> see, the, see, that's a misnomer. People up north, they don't it shovel because everyone owns right a plow. I usually allowed other people to do the shoveling while I was um, sitting in my turtleneck and reading a book, um, sipping some hot like, chocolate by the fireside. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we didn't have shovels of the old guy. We probably had like MRE spoons or something right. to use. Right, that's awesome. So uh, I wanted to. Are you are you going there, Mark? Or no, what, you're what good. Do we do? No. Oh, I was gonna. I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted that uh, you two were the first two old guard that I've met personally. So thank you for introducing me to that world. But the third one was our past national commander Brett Reistead, and I, I I'm sure because you're a close knit community, you probably already knew that he was he was an old guard person, right? Yes, and um, we've compared notes with him a little bit. He um, humors us because he was in the presidential salute battery, and he asked us, like, are you filming a whole episode about them? And um, we didn't, but um, we told them that we feature them. So we show them firing their big, huge cannons a couple of times. It's pretty awesome. They're, they're not 11 Bravo, so they can be ignored, That's... right? <laughs> That was my. I didn't thought. want to uh, say it. But... In actuality, I've got. And then my. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say the last thing I want to talk about. You guys, you talked about when you clicked because you were both neat and tidy. I would expect, I would expect that when you both went through living together, or what you both went through training, that that would have been uh, obvious, or is it not? Are people? What are people like when they're not? You know, in full there are some here. nasty soldiers out yeah, you, there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you see the full, you see the full, really full spectrum of cleanliness. Yeah, even from yeah, that crew. Oh, sure. Like, in, in fact, that's why a lot of people don't pass is because they can't get those things together. So, 
and even between Ethan and myself, there's different levels of cleanliness. So it doesn't, you know, there's no one one bar for, you know, different people like different things clean. But that's why the tomb's saying, oh, no, your badges are going to be clean. Your hat's going to be clean. And they go on from there. Your uniform's going to be clean. How much do you guys spend on dry cleaning? Like, is it so, like, for your uniform? We do like, you do it yourself? Okay, I was going to ask. Like, did you get one of those, like, self-steamer ones where you're just like... Yes. In the bottom, yep. there's these awesome, which there's some real quick shots in the series of these huge steam presses. And we got spoiled because we'd go out to Georgetown or go party for the night. We'd press out all our stuff and we'd be looking <laughs> fly and going out with the crew. And then coming, you know, becoming a civilian after that, it's like, oh man, no steam press. It's rough. It's rough going back. I used to run into you guys at Murphy's in Old Town all the time. And you could always tell, man, it was like, dude, I think your shirt could walk away on its own. Like, what is going on with that? The girls loved it. The yeah, girls loved they, it. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're like, nerds. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, guys. Well, it's been a real pleasure. We appreciate having you on, and uh, we look forward to watching the documentary. And it's coming out on Amazon, uh, which is, I'd say, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Christmas, Christmas Day. Day on Amazon. And the soundtrack, too. So look out for that. Made by Ryan Lindvite, which is uh, Ethan's cousin. He, he created the score for us and narrated by Sam Elliott. So. That's great. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank, thank you, thank you for having us. All right, Jeff. We managed to live through a podcast with three members of Post 43. Uh, so I actually should congratulate you, Ashley. Thanks. You and I have, have really done the Herculean lifting on this, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, absolutely. Now, uh, <laughs> we probably, we're not going to see each other for, what, a week or two here before mm-hmm. we uh, do another recording. How are you going to spend that time away from Jeff Daly? Is it is it all happiness and sunshine, or are there, are there moments of passing clouds? Wow, that's a loaded question. My- <laughs> you're gonna have to de- you're gonna have to define a way. I I picture my mailbox being filled with Christmas cards and some mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger video calls. I I get it. I get it. I understand. I, I know. I'm just so needy. Gosh. Um. You know what? I, you know, for for the audience, for the viewers, for the listeners, you know, I really do enjoy Jeff as much as we as much as we you know go back and forward. I really do enjoy the banter that that we have in the relationship. Uh, Jeff is a lot like paprika to me. He's good to have a little bit of, but if you get too, too much, much it just makes you want to sneeze and throw up. Yeah. Now, see, Ashley was taking us towards the end of a beautiful Christmas movie, and then you had to Grinch it. Yeah, you I, totally I, I can't it, do man. it, dude. I, I'm it, sorry. You spent too, too much time watching now I, movies. Now I can't if wait for... If you want to feel feelings, you're going to have to go and find a different podcast. Well, I, I can't wait for... Them. I feelings. can't wait for what Christmas <laughs> feelings. I can't wait for Christmas so I can see these four episodes, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. text both of you and ask you what you thought of it. Because I, I will, I will 100 percent watch it on Christmas Day. Yeah, I'll be no, too. Totally, I'm very not excited. just to get away from my kids, but because <laughs> I am fairly eager to see, uh, you know, their video. I think it's going to be great, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited too. I think it's going to be insightful. I think that there's a lot of like you know unknowns, for lack of a better term, right? Oh, yeah. see what I did there. Uh, when it comes to the old guard, and I think from you know the outside looking in, this is going to be a great 
perspective for folks to really fully appreciate the amount of time and discipline and dedication it takes to, to be within the old guard and operate. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a very serious demeanor of, you know, call to purpose and service, right? So it'll just be nice to see folks kind of get some of those layers peeled back for that first glance again. So, yeah, I hope, I hope we get a little humanity out of them. That's my yeah. usual argument with, with the third ID guys that they all seem so monolithic mm-hmm. and just laconic and stereotypical. I yeah, actually, these guys, wanted, these guys were fun. These guys were yeah. great. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's cool to actually yeah. see the, I mean, you know, you got, the old guard guy walking back and forth and you're like, well, he doesn't have any personality. No, they do. Right. It's just, they've been the butt of so many jokes in the army that I've heard mm-hmm. just because I, I'm not, I'm not going to front even as I wouldn't last in the old guard 20 seconds. The entire front of my shirt would be stained. <laughs> me too. Like, like I'd have to have a tight to go pen on me at all times. Like, right. Like I can walk across the room and just attract soup. And I don't even eat soup. Like, there's just no way I could pull it off. So good to know. You got crumbles in your beard, but you them. don't attract soup. Yeah. Or you attract Always. soup. Okay. I, it's a little macaroni every now and again. <laughs> you know, maybe All that right, could guys, be a Christmas well, thing you could do. You could let the kids decorate your beard. That would be fun. Yeah. That no, that's fun. not That's not good. Right now, everybody's on the naughty list. Uh-oh. So we're threatening to, yeah, there's a whole lot of naughtiness going on. <laughs> I'm, right, looking, well, I'm looking for a lady that wants to get on the naughty list out oh, there. Yeah. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, on that note, the, yeah, on don't that note, be that'll do it for all of us here on the today. Of the Jeff uh, Daly. As, as an attorney for the American Legion, I have to specifically inform you we will not pay for counseling from what you just heard from Jeff. Uh, but do remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, review and rate us. Five stars, five stars. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. Again, much thanks to Neil and Ethan for joining us today. Do not forget, it comes out on Amazon Prime on Christmas Day. So... Watch finish it. rat get those presents you get to watch one thing on tnt the whatever the stupid show is they play 24 <laughs> hours straight a christmas story yeah whatever i i got i got a christmas I got story a leg lamp Ohio, for you. by the way oh but filmed in indiana filmed, yeah i was gonna say there's some there's some touch points here. this is nice there you go yeah. this is the never right, ending don't outro. shoot your eye out kids <laughs> Hi, guys. We'll see you in a week. Bye. Bye.